Welcome to Sip and Spin with Luke and Andy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sip and Spin with Luke and Andy. I am Andy, and with me as always I have my best friend Luke. What's up? What's up? I was worried that you were not there. Oh. Even though we've been talking for like 20 minutes, I was yeah. halfway thinking that you were not going to respond. <laughs> and then maybe I was hallucinating the whole time we were talking. Nope, I'm here. I'm I'm real. Good. Good. Cuz we got a we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mhm. So this we week sure we are going to dive into an artist that I personally was not familiar with. You you were the one that forced me to listen to her. <laughs> Yep. Came to my house with a shiv. Shiv. <laughs> and thre- threatened my life. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so... Um, it's yeah, a lot so this easier week, to get you to listen to music since we've started this podcast. It is. It really is. Because if, if I don't have someone, if I don't have a different artist to be like, no, we should really do this artist this week, I lose. And we're, <laughs> we're doing whoever you choose. Right. So, and it, yep. it, it, in most cases, it's not, I'm not really losing. I just mean I lose as in I have, we have to do what you, what you suggested because <laughs> I've got no alternative. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's been pretty, it's been pretty balanced. Yeah. In has. terms of choices. And, and then, and, you know, we almost always end up liking what the other person chose anyway. So, yeah. We certainly haven't ever had an artist that neither of us liked. So <laughs> it's coming, I'm sure. But it's not this week. So this week we are talking about uh, a woman by the name of Annie Clark, who most people will know as Saint Vincent, mm-hmm. or as or as we like to say, Saint Vincent. <laughs> Is that what we say? Saint Saint Vinions. Vinions. Saint Vinions. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to I'm excited to talk about. Talk about her and, uh, and in particular, uh, this album, which is her, her second album, um, Actor, which came out in 2009. I feel like we've done um, a lot of sophomore albums on this show, but maybe I'm wrong. But yes, uh, this is shoot. her second album. I'm trying to think. Are there, ha, have there been a lot of sophomore albums? I'm can't, I'm well, Small Black, we did, did we, Small Black, we yep. did their sophomore album, right? Yeah. Yahon. 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 Yeah, uh, hmm. well, I don't want to spend too much time pondering this, but but yeah. I want to ponder it all night. We'll get to ponder it on air right now, and and we're not going to look it up. We're not going to do any research. We're, nope. we're just going to sit and, and <laughs> struggle to pull memories. <laughs> we're going to sit in silence until one of us <laughs> remembers. <laughs> That's just good. That's just good radio. That's good it podcast. Is. It's good podcasting. Dead air is rule number one. Dead air at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can you can squeeze in some dead air, it's absolutely beneficial. Absolutely. Just you dead keeping, air. you're keeping the listeners guessing is what you're doing. Keeping them in suspense. Right. So anyway, that's that's the music we're talking about this week. Saint Vincent uh, and the album is Actor. And so we'll we'll get to that eventually, uh, but first, three hours of dead air. 
no, first we have to talk about the cocktails. Yes. We have to talk. Yes. We have to talk spins. See, I said spins last time. Oh. We have to talk sips. Yeah. 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 Step into the step into my cock corner here. Cock corner. For for a little a little libation. Ooh. Um lube it up. <laughs> yeah, so tonight tonight we're doing um it's I guess you would consider this a, a classic cocktail. It has its origins go back pretty far. Um the the cocktail I'm doing is kind of uh an original riff on that. It's not my original riff on it. It's someone else's. I, I kinda happened upon this recipe and just thought it sounded good and thought, hey, why why even bother, you know, coming up with my own? This looks perfect. So I, I went with it. Um but the overall the kind of general uh uh cocktail is a spritz. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever had a spritz or know what a spritz is. I am uh I am a spritz first timer. <laughs> Virgin spritz. Virgin spritz. Virgin spritzer. Um that sounds weird. Yeah. Um so that's what we're talking about today. And um so a spritz if you're not familiar I'm not is I think we went over this. <laughs> I'm speaking to the audience. Oh uh, shit, them. <clears throat> oh right them. Um, mm-hmm. in a general sense, uh, a spritz is basically, and, and the ratios, you know, can differ, but, uh, a spritz is two parts of a, a bitter or bittersweet liqueur. So something like Campari, Aperol, uh, Chinar, so like an, an Amaro like that. Um, and then three parts Prosecco, which is just a sparkling, like white wine, uh, and then just like a little splash of, of club soda. And and that's really it. It's pretty simple. That's some um, bubbly shit you got there. It's a, a little bubbly. It's a, which t- tickles my nose. <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> which, so the, the recipe that I, I found is actually called bollicini, which is actually, I think, bubbles in, did, in Italian. Did you, um, did you make a little... Did you press your first three fingers and your thumb together and stick your pinky out when you said that? Shake it in the air. <laughs> a bollicini. Bollicini. Um, so it's yeah, because that's it's, what I'm doing. Yeah, and you should. You really should. I mean, I think you you have to. But um, so this is a recipe I found on I believe Imbibe, Imbibe's website. I don't know if if you're not familiar with Imbibe, they they do a magazine and they also have a website and it's all cocktail centric and they have a lot of recipes that they share and um and and a lot of interesting articles and stuff they're one of my go-to go-to sources for you know anytime like i don't feel like coming up with my own recipe i just kind of i'll peruse their website and and i'll usually find something uh interesting so did you just say peruse i did okay I think it's the I think it's the bollicini that is the bollicini. It got me all fancy with the peru. Yeah, we we have, we are we've kicked things up a notch this week. Yeah, we're getting fans, fans, fans. Um, so yeah, this this week's uh, recipe is by uh, uh, Vasco Rossi. Yeah, Rossi. That's how you say that, right? Rossi or Rossi? How do you say it? Rossi or Rossi? R O S S I. Ross, Ro, Rossi, 
Is it Rossi? Bollicini. Rossi. Uh, Vasco Rossi. That sounds right. When you say it in that kind of you, like, terrible yes. Italian accent. When you add the accent, when you add the, 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 the Eastern European Italian accent that you have, <laughs> it sounds spot on. Oh, so, well, my name is Vicini Rossi. <laughs> so that was like yeah. Arnold. That was like Arnold. Yeah, Italian. that was weird. That was like yeah. Austrian. You're, you're kind of delving into Austrian territory it was, there. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a small uh, regional dialect of Aust- Austria <laughs> that not many people are familiar with. Uh, does Austria share a border with Italy? I don't even know. I'm terrible at geography. I don't know U.S. geography, let alone. <laughs> uh, um, I don't even remember the state capitals anymore. Oh, geez. Yeah, let's not get into that. Um, so this is a recipe, it's, it's an, it's an Amaro spritz. So it's a, so instead of, um, well, well, and we'll get to that later, but this particular recipe, uh, kind of splits the, um, the, the main component of like the, the base spirit component kind of, it's three quarter ounces of chinar, which we've talked about in another episode, I believe Mm -hmm. we have, it's a bittersweet Amaro, um, Italian liqueur that uses a bunch of different spices and herbs and uh and one of those is is uh artichoke which I believe chinar is like there's some so chinar is is some variation of of artichoke in Italian mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so you got so, so you got two parts artichoke liqueur <laughs> but it doesn't taste anything like artichoke like <laughs> there's there's artichoke in it but yeah, there it's there's a slight maybe vegetal flavor, but it it's a it's tasty. Uh, if you if you haven't if you're if you're just starting to kind of get into um amaros, that's uh that's a good one. It it's it's a little on the bit more bitter side, but it's it's tasty. And then the other so it's three quarter maybe ounces you should, of that. Maybe you should spell chinar. Oh yeah, that would help. So it's C Y N A R. Oh so Sinar. Really, it is pronounced China. Oh, God damn it, I missed it. It is pronounced Chenar, though. But uh, yeah, it looks like Sinar. Sinar. Let me get a um, let me get a bottle of your finest artichoke liqueur. We don't have that. Well, do you have Sinar? We don't have that either. <laughs> so it's three quarter ounces of that, and then the the other three quarter ounces is uh, uh, another Amaro called Amaro Montenegro. Uh, which is that sounds fancy as fuck yeah and that's that's a tasty one too that one is very different um it's lighter it's more floral um it's yeah it's much less bitter a little more a little more on the sweet side uh it's a really tasty one and both of these are really great to just sip on by themselves really um so you've got those two and then you've got uh three to four dashes of grapefruit bitters and then you you top it all, so you stir all of that together in a mixing glass with ice, and then pour it into like a wine glass, something like a wine glass, nice stem, nice stem glassware that's you know got some got some uh, space in there. Stem, stem. <laughs> you don't want to do classic, like a tiny classic stem, daddy. You don't <laughs> you don't want to do like a a coupe or something like that because you're going to be adding three ounces of of the Prosecco. Um, 
It's a lot of prosecco. And so yeah, you, you stir the you stir the amaros together with the bitters over ice, strain it into a wine a big enough wine glass with with ice, and then you top it off with the with the prosecco, and that's it. It's mm. in, you can put a you can garnish with like a a slice of uh, grapefruit or something like that. But um, yeah, so that's that's the recipe. It's it's uh, called bollicini, uh, and bollicini. recipe is by Vasco Rossi. And uh, now a little bit about uh, the the kind of history of the spritz. Um, so this is something that originated back in the 1800s in the Veneto region of uh, northern Italy. Right. And this was shares, during it time. shares a border with Austria. <laughs> I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> and so during that time. Uh, there was a, it was, it was dominated by a, a prominent royal house, the prominent royal house of Habsburg, which was basically the Austro, Austro-Hungarian Empire. And, um, it's all so soldiers, making sense. Mer- what's that? I said, it's all making sense. It's all, it's all clicking we, right now. We fell um, ass backwards into this history. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that. I, I was just like mm, rattling off. Oh yeah. Shit. Austro. It is. Yes. Yeah. The Austro's. Yeah. They're in there. I'm just making shit up, but but clearly, I, but it, it worked. There. Yeah, it worked. Austro Austro Hungarian Empire. They were there, so your your dialect was spot on. Spot on. Spot on. I try to tell you, I'm genius. I'm a, I'm a dialect savant. I hear it <laughs> so, once. So and now and now I'm going to do Arnold for the rest of the night. Oh please! What if we <laughs> both? What if we both did it? We both just Saint Vincent and the Saint Vincent and the Vincent and the Give me our pulse blitz Somebody somebody get me a somebody get me in a moral spritz. Come on, come on, bring it to me. I'm here, come on, give it to me now. Uh, if you don't but, have that, I'll take a prosecco. <laughs> Just give me a straight shooter prosecco. Come on, I'm waiting. I can't do it anymore. Come on. Um, uh, okay, this has got to stop. But <laughs> I really didn't to, think should. I, I really didn't think we were going to be be uh, slipping into our our terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. I really did not see that coming. I didn't either, but I'm sure our audience was hoping for it. <laughs> they secretly wanted it. They, um, of course they did. So, yeah, with the Austro-Hungarian Empire there, uh, soldiers, merchants, diplomats uh, of, the, of the Habsburg Empire began drinking local wine in, in the taverns there. And that the wine, wine of which was much higher in alcohol content than they were accustomed to in, in their country. And so they would request that their wine be lightened with a splash or spritz in German of water. And oh. that's kind of where that comes from. I can um, take a nice spritz. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little bit of spritz. See, I can't even do Arnold anymore. It's gone. It's I know. Just, <laughs> I know. I'm just, I was, I was kind of noticing into the too. microphone at this point. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little rusty with my Arnold. Um, and, uh, so over time, the, the, the spritz kind of evolved to, 
substituting flat water for soda water. Um, and then eventually they started introducing like fortified wines and, and liqueurs and things like that. Um, and then, eventually they were like, you know what? We've diluted this down far too much. We need to get the alcohol back in here. We're just, we're just drinking water at this point. Um, and so, so then in 1919, uh, the Italian aperitif Aperol was created. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Aperol or not. Not very much. Okay, so Aperol. Is I know. Kind I, of... I know of the Aperol spritz. Exactly, and so that's that's where we're heading here. So the Aperol oh. is a it's a fairly low ABV. I think it's only like eleven percent or something. Maybe maybe in the low teens percentage. Um, it's a low. So it's a low ABV bittersweet herbal liqueur similar to Campari. So it's and it's got mm-hmm. it's like so Campari is a little more red, more of like that bright kind of red. Uh, can and and Aperol is more of like a like an almost like a neon orange, um, mm-hmm. so it's it is similar to Campari in in both in kind of like the look and color, but also a little bit of the flavor. But it's it's more it's much more sweet than Camp, Campari is more on the bitter side, and and Aperol is more much more sweeter. Um, but uh, so Aperol was came out in, in 1919 and it would take another 30 years or so before it became it is there started being used in in this kind of in the spritz uh kind of template the spritz kind of recipe mm. and and eventually it would become one of the most popular variation it's variations of that of that cocktail of the spritz and and in 2019 it ranked actually as like the ninth best-selling cocktail in the whole world um wow so yeah so so yeah so, so there was the a guy there was a guy going around bar to bar like how many spritzes did you sell <laughs> keeping tally so they could they right could, yeah they could i don't know how they keep a record out, but they do and i believe it um <laughs> i believe it's it. i don't think i've ever actually had an aperol spritz it's, it's i've gonna, not i mean it's gonna be pretty sweet because aperol is pretty fucking sweet and and then you've got a sparkling white wine in the Prosecco and that's kind of it, you know? So it's, right. it's a fairly sweet drink. There's a lot of people that kind of shit on it as not a very, it's not, a, it's just not a good cocktail. Um, right. But I think the version, the version that I made was pretty tasty because Chinar is a little more on the bitter side and then mm-hmm. the Montenegro is a little sweeter, but is the, but both of those are way more interesting flavor wise than Aperol. Aperol is just kind of like really quite kind of like an, uh, it's very orangey, like very orange mm. flavored kind of citrus flavored. Um, and so I think, I think the, the recipe we talked about earlier, the, the bollicini with the Chinar and the Montenegro and the grapefruit bitters, I think that that's a really interesting take. Um, but if you don't have those, if you don't have those, uh, those Amaros, uh, and you do have Aperol, make yourself a Aperol spritz. Check it out. Yep. Get yourself a, a little, uh, stemmed glass and, and, uh, spritz it up. Spritz oh, it. I got my little spritz. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it one more time. I think we're just going to be slipping in and out of that all this entire episode and it's going to, it's going to ruin it. It's going to totally ruin. It's going to. Any valid, any valid uh, points that you make. 
any any sort of any sort of ob- objectivism that we may have <laughs> i mean let's be honest if 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 our listeners are willing to spend 2 hours listening to us talk about the teen wolf soundtrack they can deal with a few minutes of us slipping into an arnold impression yeah i don't think they were though i don't think they were willing to listen to 2 hours of teen wolf <laughs> i don't think well, anybody listened well, to that episode well it's their fucking loss it is because their it loss, was great it was a great episode it was, I mean, well, not, it was fun not for only us. The, not only the highlight of our podcast, but the highlight of the last decade of my life. And I've got two <laughs> kids under 10. <laughs> oh, shit. So, St. Vincent. St. Vincent. Um, I'm a big fan. I've been, I've actually, this is somebody that I, I've, been aware of and been listening to off and on really for over a decade now um it's crazy I, uh, yeah it is crazy um i i mean i remember i vividly remember the the uh, this was the first album that i listened to of hers was actor that came out hmm. in 2009 and um i uh, i had just started dating my my who was now my wife um and uh we started dating in 2008 and, and she kind of introduced me to St. Vincent and I, it was, it must've been right at the time the actor was coming out because I, I, I'm almost positive. I listened to this first and then I went back and listened to her first album, which was called marry me, which came out a couple of years earlier in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love both of those albums. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this one kind of has a special place in my heart because it was, I think it was kind of my first exposure and my first experience uh, with her music and with her style and with her voice and stuff like that. And she has a very, she certainly has a very unique uh, sound overall, both yes. you know, sonically and, and vocals, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, how, I, I, you, was I the one that kind of, in essence, introduced her to you? Yeah, I think uh I think this was one of the ones so I think we've talked about this before. Um prior to the prior to the podcast, uh Luke and I you know, we would send each other a lot of a lot of music to listen to um cuz we were constantly, you know, finding new artists and dipping our toe back into artists that we liked from a few years back and, Dip and a toe. you know, dipping our I think I said that about Arnold too. I'm that, that's an analogy I keep using tonight. Um <laughs> Uh, but we, yeah, we, we share a lot as far as music goes. Um, and, but we're also, we're also really good friends. So realistically we would, you know, sometimes we'd share stuff and the other person would listen and they'd respond and be like, holy shit, you know? And, uh, other times, you know, we share stuff and, (laughs) and the other person is just literally flat out like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. Or we just, or we just ignore each other. Um, so it's kind of funny that, that <laughs> we have that dynamic. Do. Yeah, it's what all good friends do. Um, it's kind of funny that we have that dynamic, and I, I know that. I know for a fact that, I think probably two years ago, maybe three, you sent me. Um, you told me to check her out, and I, I know I did. I know for a fact I did. But I don't remember. I know I didn't 
listen to very much. I think you might have just like listened to some random songs. Like I don't. Yeah, and it may have even been it may have even been when you were at my house and we were talking and you were like, and that's the hardest one I think is when we're like hanging out together and we're like in a groove with like bands that we both like and we're like listening to music and we're right. and one of us and then one of us is like you need to check out blah blah blah. And we throw one of us throws on like some random group or something that the other one is unfamiliar with, and it just like every it's just like record scratch, <laughs> you know. And we're bo- and the one person is like awkward, jamming to it, and the other person is kind of like, I, I'm not familiar with this, you know. I'm not really right. feeling it. <clears throat> so it may have been that. So it may have been that, and uh, um, I, I don't, I don't know, but I know I listened to a little bit from her, and I was like, oh, this is good, but it wasn't like, and I, you know, it just wasn't fitting my vibe at the time, right? Um, you know, I got a, I wasn't getting big moods from that vibe at the <laughs> at that point, as you would say, and uh, so yeah, so when you brought her up for for this for this episode, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, I'll check her out. I know, you know, I've, I, I think actually recently I tried to go back to her too. Um, and, uh, and listen to a, a little bit more of her newer stuff. Um, yeah. And that kind of brings it back to why we kind of decided to do this now was that she has a new album coming out. And actually right. when this episode airs, I'm pretty sure it'll have just been released. It, um, it will, yeah. Just the so, week prior. Yeah. And, and I think it's May 14th. Is that correct? It sounds right. Okay, so yeah, she's got a new album coming out May 14th called Daddy's Home. Um, Which, that, I mean, we, I don't know how much we do it on the podcast, but you and I always, <laughs> we throw daddy at the end of a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we do. Like, daddy so this, it is, daddy that, this yeah, this kind of daddy, that kind of daddy. Sax daddy. Sax daddy, cocktail daddy, yeah. cock daddy. Cock, yeah. Cock, <laughs> yeah. All, all daddies. All, so all, it's, all manner of daddies. Yeah. Obviously spelled D-A-D-D-I. Right. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so she's got that album, uh, which should be out at this point now. Um, uh, which, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say at this point, I've, I have listened to a couple singles from that and watched the music video that yeah. she's released for one of the songs. And it's, I really like it. It's definitely, again, she's constantly, she constantly evolves and we'll kind of yes. talk about that, but, yes. and it's a, definitely a new evolution for her, but it's, I really like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty this, good. It's definitely like, uh, I mean, and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, in terms, because like you said, you know, she's, she's one of those artists and, and someone that I really like truly call an artist, you know, there's a lot of people making music and, and, and doing different, different stuff, uh, create, doing different creative things that, you know, would like to be called artists, but I really feel like she deserves that title of an artist, you know, I think she's an artist in the truest sense, um, in that, uh, she really kind of, uh, reinvents herself really with, with every album and not just, not just musically, but, uh, like a physical transform transformation. Um, you know, her, her hairstyle, her, her clothing, and just kind of, uh, you know, when, when she plays live and stuff like that, the kind of aesthetic, uh, that's, that's there, you know, um, it's, it's, it's all very th- well thought out and, 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 you know, it's a lot of details and, and yeah, it's, there's kind of like a theme, there's kind of like this whole theme to each album and a, a stylistic kind of, uh, approach. And, and so 
she's really that I mean that's what makes her a really interesting I think I think one of the things that we've never said about anyone before that I would say about her and we'll actually you know knowing some of the episodes we have coming up it it will probably come up again now that we've mentioned it for her but she's probably the first person we've discussed that I would call uh, at least in a in a you know that we've talked about for an entire episode that I would call an artist's artist you know she's she's like she makes really good music and she's you know super entertaining but at the same time she does new and different and interesting stuff where you get the feeling that other people you know other people making music right now are kind of looking to her in in some ways and emulating some of the things that she's doing and and uh taking some of her ideas and and you know adapting them into their own um yeah absolutely. because she's kind of she's kind of at the you know she's kind of at the vanguard of some of this stuff because of the you know just who she is and and her influences and and uh and that's not something that we've that's not we haven't really talked about a lot of artists who are like that where it's like they're kind of you know, at the forefront and, uh, and, and really, you know, doing their own thing to a point where even the other, you know, popular artists at the time are like, you get the feeling that you would watch an interview with, you know, somebody who's, who's another, you know, famous artist, you know, right now who would, you know, you get the feeling her name could pop up on anyone's lips at this point and be like, Oh, have you ever, have you seen what St. Vincent's doing? Because it's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and and absolutely. to and and to kind of and to kind of drive that point home, you know, she she did an album with David Byrne not long ago, who's yeah. like yep. the artist's artist <laughs> of the last fifty, you know, forty fifty years, you know, starting in the late seventies, early eighties, um, right? So, yeah, yeah, and and for anyone who's not familiar with David Byrne, he was like the lead lead man of of talking the band Talking Heads. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. And yeah, he's, I really like him a lot too. Um, yeah, he has very distinctive vocals, much like, much yeah. like, uh, St. Vincent, um, constantly ev- again, same thing, constantly evolving, right. Immaculate showman. Everything is, is well thought out in the production. Everything is well produced and, and that's how she is as well. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about maybe uh, kind of go through a little bit of um, her history or not. Her not history. Sure. Her, her, her history. His, her history. Which is funny. Her story. Is that, was that a, uh, what the heck is that from? I was going to say that's a Portlandia thing. It just, I keep thinking of, uh, of, uh, Carrie from Portlandia because they actually her and and yeah. St. Vincent are kind of friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was thinking her story was something like maybe maybe her and and uh, Fred Armisen's uh, uh, feminist bookstore characters or something like had a section called her story. Um, yeah, man, that sounds super I, familiar. Yeah, that's funny because you know in doing some research uh, over the last week, I did come across like a couple music videos like that. She was like on Portlandia and she did like, yeah, there was that, yeah, there was that little skit slash music video of her in the bookstore with, yeah, with Carrie yeah. And, and, and Fred Armisen, who yeah. I love. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I need to go back to that show because I think I did, I tried watching it because it was one of those shows that 
at a certain time was kind of like popular. Like I, I remember a mm-hmm. lot of people kind of talking about it. Yeah. And I love Fred Armisen from, you know, a lot of other different things that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, that show didn't like, su- like click with me uh, yeah. very well. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but, uh, and, but yeah, and Carrie's, was... Carrie's the, the lead guitar player for Slater Kenny, which is okay. a, a, a famous band as well. Which nice. they're, yeah, I didn't, she's a, she's an amazing guitar player as well. Really? Okay. Well, I didn't even yeah. know that. Um, and so, yeah. Hey, yeah, that shows definitely, it's got, it's got some weird, the, the comedy has like a weird cadence. It's very, yeah. everything is very kind of like that weird Fred Armisen, like long pause. Awkward, you know, kind of awkward dry. cadence, yeah. very dry. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little hard to get into, but it, they've got some great stuff on there too, but there is definitely some stuff where you're just kind of like, this is just weird. And just, <laughs> this is just flat out weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's worth a watch. Nice. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I had some notes kind of like about, you know, you know, her kind of like, you know, growing up and, and kind of how right. she kind of got into music. Uh, but we've kind of like, we've kind of jumped ahead so much. I don't even know if it's worth going back into a lot, into a lot of that because I was just thinking about how like playing guitar at like 12 and, and then she actually worked as like a roadie for her, like her aunt and uncle had like a jazz duo, <laughs> which I thought right. was kind of interesting. Um, Tuck and Patty and then, um, you know, Tuck and Patty, you know, Tuck and Patty, the world, world renowned Tuck and Patty. Um, yeah, she was a she was a member early on as a she was a member of uh, of a group called the Polyphonic Spree. Yeah, right. I and I remember them. Yeah, they had like a all kinds of instruments and and uh, and and things, but they have like you know they're kind of like a big, huge band and they, yeah, yeah. You know, they have lots of voices and lots of instruments and. I remember um, that. I remember that band name. I don't recall any specific songs, but I do remember that, that band name. And I, I, I had no idea that she was involved with them at all. Um, even just briefly, but, uh, yeah, I think she just kind of like toured with them or something. Um, yeah. After yeah. They're like she, a huge, a huge band after she not left. huge is in super popular, huge is in like, right. You know, there's like many 40 people on the band. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and then after that, because she did go to college uh, for, she went to uh, the Berkeley College of Music, but ended up uh, dropping out. And then she ended up kind of, she released an EP under her real name, Annie Clark, um, called, <laughs> it was just, it's all one word. It's called, it's Rats Live on No Evil Star, which is a, what is that, a palindrome? Where it's the same yep. forward as it is backwards. Yep. Um and then, yeah, and then she got into Polyphonic Spree, like kind of toured with them, but then she ended up joining, uh, actually, and she joined, and I didn't know this either, she joined another artist on tour that I, I'm a, I'm, I like a couple, a, a two or three of this guy's albums, uh, Sufjan Stevens. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yep. And, uh, I think there, at some point we'll probably do, uh, an episode on, on him. Because I, yeah. I think he's he's pretty interesting, and and there's a there's a particular album of his that I really like from from early on. Um, so she joined uh, Sufjan Stevens' band uh, when they in, in support of uh, I think the Illinois Illinois tour, the Come On Feel the Illinois album that he released in in 2006. 
or 2005. That's where we're from. What's that? I said that's where we're from. Yes, it is. Indeedio. 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 I did not mean Indeedio. We're from Alan Boys. Here we go. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, shit. It would make more sense if, like, if, like, Annie Clark was, like, of Austrian origin, like, yeah. You know, although that would, I don't know if that would maybe make it even more offensive. I don't know. Um, I, but, I don't know that it's offensive at all. It's just Arnold. It's just Arnold. <laughs> it's just Arnold. It's just a dead-on, accurate impersonation. I was going to say it's, a, it's offensive in how inaccurate it is, but <laughs> that's really all that's offensive about it. Um, um, so, yeah. After that, after after Sufjan's, you know, touring with Sufjan, Sufjan, yeah, Sufjan Stevens, uh, she began recording her debut album, "Marry Me," uh, and that's the first time that she she kind of took on that the stage name of of Saint Vincent, which Saint I guess she Vincent. took from a couple different Nick sources. Nick Cave song. Yeah, well, yeah, she took yeah exactly. She took it from a Nick Cave song, uh, titled. There she goes, my beautiful world, which was a uh, yeah, which references the hospital in which the the poet Dylan Thomas died in, uh, yeah. Saint Vincent Hospital. And but she also took it apparently from like, it's like her great grandmother's middle name, I guess Vincent or hmm. something like that. I might it might even be like Saint Vincent, like her middle name was like Saint Vincent, from <laughs> from what I read, which seems weird. But um, that is weird. But, Nick Cave uh, is another one. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is another one we're going to have to do eventually. Yeah, too. yeah, I like a lot of his stuff too. He's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting artist as well. Um, and and one that I think, uh, much like, much like Saint Vincent, has kind of managed to, uh, like, uh, gained a, a following, a substantial mm-hmm. following, but also like never really became uber famous you know right um i feel like and and he's and he's also an artist artist yeah (laughs) he's also an artist that people like saint vincent point to and they're like "Eh, right nick cave (laughs) but you know you talk to joe blow on the street and you're like what do you think about nick cave and the bad seeds new album right but he's been around forever he's been making music for a long time for yeah decades decades and decades and and i feel like I feel like St. Vincent is, is very, is similar in that sense where like she's been making yeah. music for, for a good amount of time here. She's had, she's got a lot of, I mean, she's got what, seven, like seven albums, I seven albums know. in like 10 years or so. 10, well, you know, I guess like 14 years cause Mary Me right. came out in 2017 or 2007. Um, but, uh, I think, I think daddy's home is, is her seventh album, right? I don't know. But, uh, Maybe that maybe I'm wrong. I think that's right. Anyways, <laughs> so did you get a chance to to listen to "Marry Me"? No. Okay. I actually like that album quite a bit, but uh, it um and and actually it, it's interesting because so that was her debut album, and uh, she did use a couple members of from uh, the Polyphonic Spree. Uh, for like drums and horns on that album, mm. and she also mm-hmm. used um, a pretty well-known. Uh, well, I don't want to say well-known, but in 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 the music circle, he's pretty well-known. I think uh, a pianist um, Mike Garson, who mm. he's worked with David Bowie. He was like he worked with David Bowie on a lot of stuff, 
um, and uh, that's and all nine, you had to say. And Nine Inch Nails and Smashing Pumpkins and 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 yeah, just just that 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 connection there with David Bowie. Um, Saint Vincent reminds me a lot of David Bowie. It's funny that you say that. And why? Because she reminds me a lot of Prince. Oh yeah, well that too. Yeah, right. That's what I'm, I think. It's funny though that you're like she reminds me a lot of David Bowie, and like the first time I listened to her, especially like her live stuff, I'm like, she reminds me a lot of Prince. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, especially with like, I mean, she's an amazing. I, I mean, I didn't even realize really until, uh, kind of preparing for this episode, like watching. You know, you sent me a lot of, um, you sent me a lot of videos, of, uh, you know, live videos of you know performances and stuff like that, and she is an amazing guitar player something that you know you listen to her albums and you're not you know you don't know how much of that is her you don't know how right you know whatever the case may be but like she is an amazing guitar player guitar player i mean like on the like you like you were saying i and i'm sure that's where that's one of the things about about her that reminds you of prince is that like just a kick-ass like guitar player (laughs) and i see so that's what's funny is like so i think that's what really kind of turned the corner for me is um, you know, you, you, you were like, we should do actor. And I was like, okay. And, and I listened to it and I was like, this is really good. Um, but there's not a ton of guitar on it and it's all, it's all very, um, you know, it's all very woodwind and, and, uh, horns and, um, strings and, and, uh, kind of bigger sounds, yeah. a lot of components. And so, I didn't really know what she was all about. And then I was like, okay, so one of my things I do for the podcast is I, I find these groups and, and I, you know, find live videos of them, you know, playing on, on YouTube. And I just kind of watch them play live as a kind of a different, cause people are different live, you know, groups are different. Even if it's, even if it's something that's, um, pre-recorded and they're just on stage playing over the top, you know, it's still, it's still different. It's a different dynamic than it is when you see them or when you're listening to the album. And yeah, I just remember the first, the first song I watched, um, I think it was, uh, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It was a live version of Los Angeles and on the Ellen show. (laughs) It might've been. Yeah. I think that was what it was with their, Um, with their nips taped over. Yeah. It was so and, funny, uh, like, when you sent me that, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, it was, like, it was kind of, like, this weird kind of edgy performance piece. They had, like, these kind of dancers with, like, yeah things over their faces, and it was kind of, cre- it, was, it was kind of, like, silent from, like, the movie Silent Hill. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. But it was, yeah. like, creepy, and they're, like, kind of around her dancing, and they've got, like, these, like, things wrapped around their heads. Yeah. And then she's got, like... You know, she's wearing like like this tight latex skirt or tight latex dress with with the boobs cut out. Right. And and essentially and and you just you're just picturing like the people in the audience, like people that would go and watch Ellen. Right. And they're like, like, what the fuck is this? They're just like, yeah. And I I guarantee you, like she I I bet you I mean, I bet she fucking loved that. Like, I bet she loved just kind of like. Well, it's probably one of the main reasons why she like yeah. did the Ellen show was just to like to like, you know, shock people in that in a way, yeah. you know, which is great. Yeah, to, yeah, I mean, and that's 
Yeah. And that's, that's one of the great things about her. And so that's the first thing that I saw from her. So I got, I got crazy Prince vibes from that because that's exactly what Prince would do. Prince would come out and do, and, and he's not going to tone down anything based on any audience. Right. Right. If he, if, if, if he's going to play a song, you know, if he's going to play, you know, uh, you know, Oh uh, shit! I'm I'm drawing a blank on some of this. If he's gonna play Bat Dance, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> if he's gonna play Bat Dance on Letterman, oh he's gonna god. come out dressed as Batman and fucking play Bat Dance, you know. <laughs> and and I felt like that's how she was. She yeah. was like, she was like, this is where we're, this is where I'm at as an artist. This is the sort of shit that I bring. Right. If you and this yeah, is what I'm gonna do at show, two o'clock then... in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, right. This is what I'm going to have. Exactly. And 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 I love that. And so that's what that so it wasn't just so it was it was it wasn't just how she played, but it was that aspect of like her just like fuck it. You know, this is this is my aesthetic right now and this right. is what you get when you book me. Um but yeah, but it was the, also but, the fact that like she played the guitar like crazy. And so yeah. one of the things one of the things that I love about her and the way she plays guitar is, um, and you can see this in almost every, almost every live performance I've watched of her is like this. She's not just like, she's almost never just like strumming chords and like singing along with chords. Uh, you know, St. Vincent uses a guitar to like accentuate the things that she's singing and the things that she's doing. And it's never just like, I'm just going to play the chords along with, you know, the song. It's always like, it's always just like there to kind of just be that extra thing that is kind of like powerful. And, um, yeah. And that's, that's how Prince played guitar. It was like, It was just like, you know, he'd, he'd be singing. He'd, I mean, he'd like basically just like fling the guitar around his back and he'd get up at the microphone and sing. And then like, it'd get to the, it'd get to the chorus or whatever. And he'd whip it back around and he'd sing the chorus and then he'd play like a couple bars on the guitar and then he'd sing another part of the part of the chorus and he'd play the guitar. And that's what she does. She's just like, the guitar is just there. And when she needs it, she uses it. And when she doesn't, she doesn't. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, that's, that's like as as a guitar player myself when i see that my eyes roll back in my head and i'm like my brain is like frank zappa you know prince uh you know all these all these like super powerful um you know lead singer lead guitar player combo people you know she, that's who she is and that's just not something that you see a lot of in this day and age at all and so you know to see it, to see it in in someone like her, uh, you know, playing at two o'clock on the Ellen Show in like a cutout dress was just like, this is nuts. Yeah. And then and then and then on top of that, like the only prior thing that I knew of her was was actor, which is a very, it, it still has a lot of guitar components, but it was a very different dynamic than some of her newer stuff. I was like, holy shit, she's yeah. like off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, so, you know, you're talking, you're talking about Marry Me, her debut, and then you're talking about Actor. And those kind of, those two albums uh, are, you can definitely, I mean, they're, they're similar. Um, and, and so it's like she, for, for Actor, to me, it feels like she kind of like, 
embraced so, so I, like, you haven't really listened to marry me but there's a, that's a more of a traditional sounding like that when you go back to that it sounds so different it sounds so much more tame than where she's gone you know where she is now mm-hmm. um I, I still like it um but so actor then i feel like she kind of started to embrace the more unconventional because there are some unconventional aspects to marry me um it'll be going along and it'll it'll be kind of very uh you know melodic and 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 pretty and and then all of a sudden like you'll be kind of blindsided with like some like distorted guitar and 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 harsher mm-hmm. kind of uh sounds and stuff like that and so she did do that a little bit with marry me but i think she really kind of fully embraced that with with her follow-up actor um but she also kind of like uh added a lot more like uh, there's just her arrangements and stuff like with the you know, oh yeah like you said wood like you were saying woodwind and 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 uh and strings and, and things like that it's a very like it has a very baroque kind of sound very ornately kind of instrumental um yeah and and i, I love that but like and I, I really do like that sound and i still think like overall as an album start to finish that actor is my is my favorite of hers um mm-hmm. but after actor i mean she really took it in a completely different direction uh yeah uh, strange mercy which came out um after after actor is a has a completely different sound to it so it's like i feel like she had marry me she kind of had this she did have her own unique style even then with her first album and then she kind of like she kind of expanded upon that same sound with actor, but then with Strange Mercy, after that, she completely reinvented herself. And then I feel yeah. like she's kind of been continuing to reinvent herself with each new album after that. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, interesting that, uh, and, and she, it, it, you know, I, I don't, I feel like she hasn't really gone back to a lot of that kind of, uh, the sound that she has yeah. on, on actor. Um, I mean, it's the only thing that's really comparable to her her dynamic, you know, over the last 10 years, let's say. The only thing that it's really comparable to is, like, the modern pop star, mm-hmm. you know. There's a, there's a number of modern pop stars that are just, that are constantly, like, you know, one-upping themselves and and changing and changing and changing and and delivering a new message with each album. Um, that's not to say that other artists don't change and and you know and and up the ante with each album, but I I think to the level the level of change that occurs between each album um, is is really you know on par with with some other you know some of the other pop stars from the last 15, 20 years that are kind of doing the same thing. Um, I mean, again, that's where you could compare her very easily to David Bowie as well. Um, because Bowie did the same thing. He changed constantly, you know, every album, you know, with like Aladdin. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, starting, you know, pretty early, uh, he did that. And then like Aladdin saying, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, right on the cover there, he's got, you know, the makeup and the hair yeah. and, and he started coming up with personas and, and right. all that sort of stuff. And, um, 
Yeah, so both and like so both Bowie she kind of mimics that too. Yeah, both Bowie. I mean, I, I, I think I, I'm not sure if I specifically thought of Prince, but you're right. I mean, like, I, I would compare her to both. I mean, she's and and by and when I say compare, I mean just like there are you you see the similarities. It's not like yeah. musically they're so similar, um, right? But I do feel like just in terms of that kind of you know having that evo- you know being one of those those type of artists that constantly are evolving uh both both sonically and also just in appearance wise how they kind of like their their personas that they kind of take on um you know you, you I would definitely put her in the same kind of group as 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 both of those artists you know David yeah. Bowie and and Prince um and and and, and that's it's not, you don't see a lot of people that do that. You know, I think as I no, said, I, the reason I brought up modern pop stars is because I feel like there's a lot of people that do that in a forced way right now. Right. Um, in a way that it's like, I have to continuously one up myself and I have to continuously be somebody different in order right. to stay on top. Um, whereas with her, I feel like she does it as like a, you know, each, I think with her and with Bowie and with Prince, it's kind of like, more in terms of more in terms of each new album has a new message and mm-hmm. a new way to grow and a new way to convey myself and and the themes of of my music right and so i'm going to embrace that to the nth degree right exactly and and, and yeah. that so that's what's really that's what's cool it's yeah. it doesn't it never feels like a put on it feels no. like oh changed your sound and she's made this this you know she wanted to make a, an album that kind of sounded more like this and she's kind of fully embraced that right and and those guys you know those guys did the same thing yeah and it's it's interesting because i i feel like so i feel like you know she kind of had this like with with her first two albums she kind of had this like oh this she almost kind of had a little bit of this like like meek kind of more meek yeah. personality and and yeah, and and she wasn't really outlandish or anything in terms of how she kind of presented herself and stuff like that. And then she started getting edgier with mm-hmm. uh, with Strange Mercy, and then um, her her self titled album that came out after that, and then her her most recent one, which was Mass Seduction, um, was probably her most edgy that she's been. Yeah. Um, and uh, and now it's kind of interesting because if you've seen the and, and we've talked about that so I guess you have but like for anybody else if you've seen uh, kind of her new persona for for Daddy's Home and her new kind of aesthetic and sound it's it, it's very seventies influenced yeah um, both in terms of style and how uh, you know how she's presenting herself but also like the the music too it, it is very seventies um, yeah you know, influence. It's, and which it's is funny, much, which I'm, is more softer, I think. So it's, she's, I, th- I feel like for the last few albums, she's been a little more edgier, a little like harder. Yeah. And now it's like, I feel like she's maybe like softening up a little bit with this album and, and yeah. a little more soulful, I feel like she put, a little more. Yeah. She's relying a little more on her voice and she's brought back some more of the, like bigger elements, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the the yeah. the horns and strings and 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 things from um like her earlier stuff and kind of turned it into, 
you know, uh, yeah, like more of a vintage sound kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see her, her evolution. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I, and I'm, I've, I mean, I've been floored by some of, by, by some of this. I mean, like I said, I've been listening to her for a long time, but like just this week, you know, I was, I like st- some of the stuff you sent me, um, videos and, and stuff with live performance. I mean, I, I was floored by some of them. Like, yeah. just like, I mean, holy shit. I like, like she is, yeah, she's an amazing artist. She's one. And, but I'm, I mean, I'm kind of glad I mean, she's, I think she's kind of, she's, uh, been able to ride that line of like, you know, kind of being popular, but not overly popular. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it, that's mm-hmm. a really hard thing to manage, you know? Yeah. I get, that's a really hard kind I mean, of she's won- line to, to, to ride uh, without kind of she's ever... won two grammys yeah but i feel like i feel like if you were to ask most people who the like oh do you know saint vincent they'd be like who you know right um see it's funny so what i was going to say when you were talking about daddy's home is uh is i don't know what, what the state of snl is these days um but you know people always say it always go through goes through phases of people saying that SNL is total garbage. Right. But it seems like lately over the past two, three years, they've had some like just they've had like really good musical guests yeah. off and on. Um like this year they had we talked about Phoebe Bridgers. They had her on, um, and she was amazing on there. Um and then and then now, you know, just recently they had Saint Vincent on and yeah. her her performances on there uh, we're from daddy's home and she was in like, you know, full, full get up and, and everything. And it was, those were, those were amazing. Yeah. And, and they, so, yeah. And there was, um, they had like, you know, and, and that's part of the, the actual, you know, it, it's in the, it's in the songs on the album from what they released the, the singles. Um, but they have like, yep. a, like a trio of kind of like backup singers, you know, yeah. um, which kind of, yeah. Give it that, you know, that seventies kind of vibe as well. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, yeah, it's just been, it's, I feel like, I I guess what I was getting at with that was, I feel like SNL has kind of been like a barometer in that way. Like they've had these people on that are kind of like, Hey, here's somebody who's fairly popular and they're probably making a decent living being an artist, but you may not have heard of them. Yeah. And then they, they bring them on the show. And I feel like, you know, there's been a few instances of that over the last two, three years. And she's one of them, you know, it's like, she's, she's clearly doing well for herself as an artist, you know, her, and, and, uh, and yet, you know, I, I, I would also say that there's not, you know, it's cer- certainly not in my close circle of people that I talk to that there's a ton of people who know she, who she is, you know, yeah. um, and the one thing we didn't mention and and is also super obvious when you watch her live is she's got a fucking amazing voice. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk I mean, we've been talking about how she how oh, well yeah, she plays no. guitar and, and, and how she reinvents herself and all that stuff, but she's got an amazing voice. Yeah, absolutely. Um Yeah, and there, you know there are some songs and and I would say that they that those are my favorite songs. Like I actually kind of like um, some of the, the, the slower songs because mm-hmm. like 
some of those are uh, the most poignant and and and, yeah. and emotional and just how and just you know how that emotion comes through in in, in her vocals is like, is is amazing and and very affecting yeah. and and you know that's those are you know some of my favorite my favorite songs but um, yeah yeah her her voice is not just not only powerful but but very nuanced mm-hmm. you know very you know she can she she does a lot with it that uh you know to be that to be somebody like that who can sing like that i mean again and then the third thing so she can sing she can play guitar like nobody's business and and she can obviously write music yeah, right. very yeah. well yeah. very very well um and that's i mean you know there's i mean there's not a lot of artists in history that were able to do that let alone in the last you know, 10, 10, 15, 20 years who were, who were doing that, who are also very successful like she is. So yeah, she's, she's got it. She's got a lot going on. Yeah, which, absolutely. I mean, that's, a, she, I, I was just going to say, and that's why, you know, early, you know, earlier I was like, you know, this is someone like who I, you know, you can say, you kind of say the word, the term artist as a, that's kind of used in a general sense of like, you know, but I really truly feel like, and like you said, she's an artist, artist, like, yeah, you know, she, she's des- well deserving of that title. And, and, yeah. uh, and is, I mean, yeah, she's, she is super impressive and, um, and it's like, you know, you kind of wish part of you wishes like more people knew about her. I right. mean, like I said, I think, I think she's got a good following, but, uh, you know, she's not like, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. She's not. She's not on that. There's a. There's a whole other level of like fame and and superstardom. Yeah, and superstardom. Yeah. And she's not there yet, which I like that she's not there yet. Um, right. I like where she is now. I like where she's been. I like how she's evolved. I think, you know, she has consistently put out, you know, really interesting, interesting stuff and. And and not only just the music, but you know, like we mentioned, also just kind of how, just the the presentation of it, you know, as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean, the thing is too, like, she seems super humble, <laughs> and yeah. she see she you know I've watched some interviews with her too, and she seems very you know she's she seems very game to like talk about her musical process and talk to people and, and do interviews and, and, uh, you know, share, you know, what it's like to, to create music and, um, which is always something that's appreciated too. I don't like, you know, again, that's one of the things when you, that some people, when they hit superstardom, they start to get cagey and, and weird and, you know, reclusive. And, and she seems, I guess that's what's, that's the best thing I can say for her is she seems like she's right at that perfect spot where it's like, she's got enough fame. She's making her living. She's super talented. She seems to appreciate what she has she's she's generating music constantly and she's only um, our age <laughs> yeah she's only a couple she's years like, older than us no she's like my age I, oh uh, she's 38 i think and so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be turning 38 in october and so yeah i mean we're well, she was born in 82 and i was born in 84 so yeah so i mean and i'm i'm gonna go to bed 
drunk tonight in my tiny midwestern house and she's gonna no um but uh one of the other things i wanted to bring up uh before we get into the actual album here yeah is uh um one of the things we talked about with pink floyd and uh it'll probably come up again you know with some of the artists we talk about in the future i i said uh <laughs> I said something along the lines when we when we did Pink Floyd uh, that artists who are super successful and these bands who are like consistently generating music every couple years and and generating music at a high level, um, you know people people tend to think that they're you know that musicians are drug druggies and and alcohol you know alcoholics and and uh, and all kinds of stuff. And I, I said something along the lines when we were talking about Pink Floyd of like, it's just not, you know, Pink Floyd, we're not probably abstinent, but you can't generate music like this at a high level and also be drug addicts right. and, and also be like, you know, you know, constantly under the influence of drugs and alcohol and like to the point where you have a problem. Um, and, and it's funny, I actually found a quote from St. Vincent that made me think of this and it was kind of summarized. It really kind of summarized what I was just trying to say two seconds ago and what, and what I said on the Pink Floyd album, um, which is really, you know, somebody asked her for a comment on the effects of drugs on creativity. And she said, this is, this is a quote that I took from this article. Oh, was this uh, Esquire? Or, yeah. This is, I think I sent I th- you this. Article, I think so. Right? Where it's, yeah. yeah where yeah. she said her quote is unreliable. Really unreliable. Sometimes after days work in the studio, you're like, I'm going to have a shot at tequila and then sing a few more times and then play. It's okay, but you peak sort of quickly. You can't sustain that level without getting tired. And then I would say the weed just makes me paranoid and useless. Every once in a while, some combo of psychedelics can get you someplace, but for the most part, you either come back to the work the next day and you're like, this is garbage, (laughs) or you get sleepy and hungry and distracted and you're not really doing anything. Yeah. I've never had opiates or Coke or whatever, so I don't know. I can't speak to that. But with the the slightly more G-rated American movie classification, age is permitted thing, it doesn't really help. Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes so, that makes sense. I mean, you know, and 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 that's that's something I think and that's really. I kind of wanted to go back to the to the Pink Floyd thing because that's really what I was getting at. At the heart of that is. It's just not possible to be heavily involved in drugs, certainly dr- anything beyond alcohol and weed, and and constantly put out good music. It's yeah. it's not. Yeah. Um. And 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 so so the stigma. So I guess what I'm getting at is the stigma of the of the you know drug addled musician and 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 that sort of thing really kind of bothers me to some degree um and so uh and 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 there are tons and tons of musicians that have had serious problems with drugs and alcohol and their music has suffered extremely because of that like extremely and so it's it's I guess her candidness I really liked her candidness with that where she really just was very open and honest about you know here's what I've done and and it really you know it really doesn't help and and right. I I don't you know necessarily advocate that it should help and, and right. you know these are these musicians and people at this high of a level are focused on the work and focused on making good music and that's 
you have to be to get to this level yeah yeah i mean something you know like you know like she says in that it's like yeah it might be good for you know to get you through you know a certain performance or whatever but then you know it 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 wears off quickly and then you just become kind of useless (laughs) you know or or you know you 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 start kind of putting putting for putting out things that just aren't you know the the quality isn't there um right and that, I, I mean, mean and that even, makes even that us, makes sense you know even even us with this podcast i mean we have we each have cocktails when we right. when we do the podcast i mean that's exactly. that's the whole point you know but if we were getting like totally sloshed every episode exactly. it would be fucking useless i mean like we would it would we would just be babbling even more than usual and just right. like <laughs> and and even and even after two or th- you know even after two or three drinks over the course of you know two and a half three hours you know there are times where it's like you feel a peak yeah you yeah. know you hit that peak and then after you know 15 20 minutes later you're like okay are we done talking yet <laughs> are we you know can we can we get off the call now right um and and that you just can't sustain no, uh, yeah. a significant career as an artist doing things like that and, and expect it to work so I, I really liked I really liked that quote. I really liked the the candidness of it. I mean, a lot of people think that 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 drugs. Uh, I'm certainly not a like a dare an abstinence person, but people think that <laughs> drugs and alcohol sometimes are like a way to a way to like open your mind. And you know, they they see Jim. They think about Jim Morrison and like you know, open your mind and you know, and let it in, and you can you can come up with some cool stuff and, and it had, that has not worked out well for a number of people. Yeah. Um, should we start talking about, uh, actual, the actual album actor? We, sh- we should, but we won't. Oh, so God. first I want to say, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, yeah. So, as I mentioned, this is kind of my. Did first. you just go into Arnold again? Was that Arnold? Actors, one of the first albums of Saint Vincent that I listened to. There he is. Um, no, but yeah, Hello, this Arnold. is like I think this was kind of my introduction to her, and um, and so it's always kind of it, it's it's kind of remained a, a favorite of of mine. Um, it, and it is like we mentioned, it is very different than. Uh, and kind of where she went after this, um, right? But but I I, I like this sound, I, and I but I, I mean I like where she I like I like where she went and how she evolved. But I also like this moment in time with what you know what she did, um, and uh, and, and yeah. So uh, so with with this album, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, she was coming she was coming back from uh touring for her for her debut album and i think she toured for like a year and a half or something and so she was just like wiped uh when she got done with that and and she like came back home and she was like i think she was living in new york and she um she just kind of wanted to like unwind and kind of (laughs) feel like like a normal human being again and she started watching like a lot of movies and uh, like older movies, she started watching like a lot like, of um, like Disney movies. Dis- yeah, Disney movies from the 30s and 40s, kind of those classic kind of movies, and uh, that kind of. And, and then she kind of she would watch them, and then she would 
I think she would watch them like without the without the sound on and kind of mm-hmm. she kind of started um almost kind of like making her own kind of soundtracks to different scenes from kind of old movies. Wizard of Oz was right. another one. Um and uh and so that's kind of where that that's kind of where it all started. Um Right. And I think she so and then originally she started working with this this she spent a lot of time like doing um like working on the like arrangements for like the yeah. or or orchestral uh stuff and yeah in garage band actually yeah yeah she was like yeah she Which, was living in like for an you apart- kids who were like i need the best equipment and <laughs> i need the most thing she you just need the basics yeah yeah and and stuff. and a lot of the reasons why she did that was like she was living in new york and she was getting noise complaints um from you know living in the apartment that she was at yeah. uh and so that's why she started kind of like uh creating the music through through that format um and and so so at some at a certain point so she was working with a with with one producer and it was just awful like she was having a horrible time with it yeah and she really didn't think that it was she she i think i remember reading something where it was like she kind of thought that if the album got put out from that producer like that was it yeah like she, yeah yeah she, was she like, wasn't gonna be making any more albums after yeah that. that's yeah, exactly like she was thinking like yeah that's where the, that's the point where she was at where she was like she was like if this gets released the way that it is like this, i'm done and and so she ended up like calling uh a producer a, a friend of hers that was a producer so she knew she already knew this guy uh john congleton and um mm-hmm. So yeah, she had spent a lot of time on kind of the woodwind and, and string compositions, and that she was trying to incorporate into the songs. But she was, <laughs> she said that she was worried about it coming, like that it was going to sound like the soundtrack to The Lion King, <laughs> and, right? And so she ended up like re-recording everything except for those, um, those those instrumental pieces at kind of at the last minute. And and her and and this producer John Congleton ended up kind of like she, she was saying that they they kind of ended up saving the album at the last really at the last minute, um, you know, just due to to the, the openness between them, the, the the communication between them, and just and kind of realizing you know the the best way to to present the songs with those those orchestral orchestral arrangements that you know she had kind of come up with and 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 it's just kind of interesting to hear stories like that because you know you you hear you know you hear the album and you're like oh this is great you know it's so unique and inventive and and to think like what you know that it was like in this just you know not very long prior to that it was like in this state of like oh my god what is this is it, yeah. it's not even gonna work it's a garbage you know like and it's i'm curious to see what the original sound was before they kind of you know uh, <laughs> oh my god so yeah Thankfully, it did not turn out like the Lion King soundtrack. Um, yeah, because it, it would have been a very <laughs> weird, 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 weird album. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it sounded like before they kind of she she started working with this other producer. But um, 
she so you know being so a lot of the album was kind of influenced and by kind of films classic films old films and um and disney stuff and she said that she got so obsessed with the idea of of being a filmmaker that who was making music that she started thinking about the like casting in terms of the instrumentation and 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 thinking that like oh the woodwinds will be this thing that represents like purity and whimsy and then the guitar will be this kind of sort of scary monster that comes in and like threatens to Hmm. topple the whole thing and i thought that was kind of interesting because like when you do when you listen to the album like that's kind of a a, like a lot of how (laughs) the the different songs kind of uh progress is like it'll kind of lull you into this kind of like dreamy kind of sense of like false security and then like you'll be kind of like you know, blindsided by like these kind of like distorted heart, like harsh kind of distorted guitar sound, you know, yeah. and, 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 and drums and different things like that. And, and that's one of the things I think is really interesting about the album. It, it does kind of keep you, keep you guessing, kind of keeps you on edge and you're not sure where, you know, things are going to go. Um, and and yeah, that's one of the, the things that, you know, I think still, you know, makes the album uh, really unique and, and, and stands out. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I mean, did you want to, were there some tracks you wanted to talk about? No, I hate them all. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing. Okay, cool. cool, There's that dead air. There's that dead air. Three hours of dead air. Bring it in. (laughs) No. Uh, Seriously. Seriously, though, folks, I'm here all week. Um uh yeah there's a lot of tracks on here i like um i mean yeah i like the album as a whole um but, yeah uh I, I you know we've talked about before we don't really want to sit and go through the whole album uh we don't want to sit and go through the whole album so the first song is the strangers <laughs> which i really like um i don't really have anything to say about the strangers I, it's a good track i like the lyrics i like some of the ideas behind the lyrics yeah but it's it's not what I need to talk about necessarily. Yeah. But I did want to. I did want to say. Um, I do really like uh, the next song, "Save Me from What I Want." Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the reason there's a couple reasons why. The first is, uh, one of the aesthetics we haven't talked about on this album that I think is very is kind of flies under the radar. Um, but this is one song that I get it on is, is like this kind of nineties, um, like kind of, kind of nineties indie alt rock vibe. Okay. Um, and this song gives me like, and I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge listener, but it gives me like this weird kind of like Fiona Apple wow, vibe. Oh God, I knew you were, I, I was thinking that too. That's so yeah, weird. Cause we got, didn't, we it's didn't got talk kind of like that. Yeah. We didn't talk yeah. about that. Um, but nobody believes us at this point when we say we don't talk no, about but it, but no, seriously, we did not talk about it. It's, it's weird because like, as you were starting to say that and you're talking about nineties, I just, I knew you were going to say Fiona Apple. Um, yeah. And I had kind of Yeah, it's 
I had kind of thought about that too. I'd kind of drawn some comparisons as well. Um, it's more the music than the, than the vocals. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's very, you know, Fiona Apple in the nineties had like the, you know, I kind of think of her as like having the like kind of art house jazzy, like, but influenced with like alt rock, you know, like kind of like the, you know, kind of very percussive beats and, and bass lines, but at the same time kind of like had that edgy feel. And that's, I get that a lot from this track. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of like, you know, super upbeat kind of jazzy feel. Uh, but, but kind of edgy too. Mm -hmm. Her voice sounds nothing like Fiona Apple. I mean, it does a little bit, I guess, but like Fiona Apple's like super low and sultry and, you know, and, and St. Vincent's kind of like all over the place. And, you know, in the most part, it's kind of in the higher registers, I guess. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it definitely gave me that vibe where I was like, man, I could, this could be like a 90, you know, 95, 96 track from MTV. And like, <laughs> yeah. I would buy it. I would believe it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, I mean, mean, I mean, and you know, something that I don't know if we'll kind of eventually, um, you know, talk about it as kind of like looking, looking at the album from, uh, you know, you know, stepping back and looking at the album as a whole and kind of the, the themes and stuff there. Um, but it, there is something about like this album that kind of reminds me of like, I don't The whole thing feels like it takes place in the fifties or sixties. I don't know. I don't know why. Like it, it, a lot of it just feels like, like, uh, I don't know. It has this kind of like fifties, sixties kind of like housewife kind of, perspective mm. to it um and and, and, and see, that's what's that i was gonna say see that's funny i feel like it's more like i i get more like a 90s hmm. vibe I, I get more like a 50s a 50s vibe through the lens of like a 90s era right. person you know what i mean like which i guess makes sense because she was you know she's our age but you know that's that kind of ideal perspective of like you know this is what it was like 30 years yeah, ago there's distilled through that lens where it's yeah and there's this there's there's a very it's the album kind of has a, a classical has classical elements to it yeah but also oh, yeah. has edgier elements to it yeah so it is almost i mean so i can see where it's like it's like f kind of that 50s kind of meets 90s you know kind of i can see the two kind of um yeah there are just things about I don't know, and 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 going in, you know, uh, going into like a song like neighbors and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. where you 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 just you there's kind of this feeling of um, a lot of it is in Black Rainbow as well, um, further further down the album here, but it's it it it's kind of like it it's this feeling of like being observed by others. And mm. and being concerned about how you are being perceived, and and kind right. of trying to hide your flaws, trying to trying to look like this kind of perfect uh, family, perfect uh, you know, like you've got this perfect life, which I kind of associate a lot with like the fifties, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, well, because people were super uptight, and they people had 
just as much alcoholism, just as much <laughs> family abuse, just as much, you know, but it was all, shitty things yeah, it was going all on hidden, in our life. It was all swept it, under the rug. It was all, yeah, people didn't talk about it. Right. It was all swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of where, that's, I guess that's where that comes from. That's why I kind of look at the albums in this way. And and the thing is, is like, you know, like with the, with the, like the album cover and, and, and stuff like that, it's not like, and, and, you know, we also talked about, you know, kind of where some of the where how she was influenced with you know like these classic films and 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 oddly enough you know disney films a lot of that most of that doesn't really come through in the album um it's not like it's only on a handful of tracks yeah yeah it's not like it's like boom oh wow it's like this direct kind of like emulation of that kind of um it, it and and so and even like the album cover doesn't look like something like oh like it's like it's not like it's her like dressed up in this like 50s outfit like vacuuming like a a house or something yeah (laughs) it's not like it's not like her backlit by hot pink lights like bent over with just her ass in frame (laughs) no that's (laughs) that's something else that's mass seduction (laughs) um but uh yeah i don't know so for whatever reason like and and i think you know what we just kind of mentioned, like you can see where that, where you would kind of get that kind of that feeling in, in that, yeah. in that vibe. Um, big mood on this vibe, <laughs> big mood on this vibe. Um, yes. Yeah, save me from what I want is a great song. And I just love that title. Like save me from what I want. Like, yeah, it's just, and she does that a lot with like, you know, with, a, with a lot of her tracks, like there's like, kind of double meaning and, and, and it just, just the, I really like a lot of her lyrics. Um, but it's, yeah. Save me from what I want. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, this track is about like someone who's like, I mean, what I, I think of this track as being like, it's kind of like someone who's in a mutually kind of destructive relationship and, and mm. knowing that it's bad, but for whatever reason, like being compelled to stay like, like I want, I want this and I, but I know it's not good for me. And it's like this kind of like, you know, the, and the save me from what I want is, it is the chorus and it's repeated over and over. And it's kind of like, it's like pleading for someone to come in and yeah. like rescue them, you know, like yeah. save me from like my, save me from myself really like save me, you know, like, like just, I don't know. I, I, I like that kind of stuff. And, and, um, but yeah, uh, what was uh, were the, what was another track you wanted to talk about? I didn't really have a whole lot for like neighbors, actor out of work. Um, I like those songs, yeah. but uh... yeah, I like both of those songs too. Um, I didn't have a lot for him either. Um, they're they're both kind of trippy and and you know have a lot of uh, a lot of layers to them. Um, Black, I mean, Black Rainbow is pretty crazy song. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Bl- yeah, it's it's pretty de- it, yeah, it's 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 one of those songs where I, every time I listen to it I'm like I've heard this somewhere. Really? And I cannot pinpoint where or how or why. Um it's it's but it's also one of those songs that's just like structurally it's not like verse chorus verse yeah. chorus bridge chorus. It's like it kind of just continues to evolve 
Um, yeah, and then the ending, like the climax of 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 the song, it just kind of yeah. culminates in this like seriously like this anxiety inducing escalation of just like dr- yeah. drums and like sh- like screeching like strings and it's just like the tension yeah. is just like ratcheted up almost to like yeah. an unbearable point like it's like it's not really the most like comfortable song to listen to you know no um, it's not but it's great it's funny that and you mentioned that though because i i have i've se- i've seen an interview with her i've seen i've seen clips of her where she says where she basically said something along the lines of like you're as a musician and as a songwriter, the whole point is to build to something like to build the anticipation and build the suspense into something that then you like release. Yeah. Um, and, and that this song is like a, is, is an example of that where it's just kind of like constantly building yeah. in like a weird, uh, you know, kind of, uh, strange, dissonant way uh to something that you're just like my god you know and and i feel like the release from this comes with like the next track on the album actually right um which is a great song laughing with the mouth yeah laughing with the mouth of blood is is great um yeah and that is kind of that's almost kind of like the release from that kind of like anxiety that build up from you know from the the climax of 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 black rainbow um it's almost like soothing in by comparison you know because it's kind of like more it's got like more it kind of starts with like more acoustic guitar um and 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 more kind of like uh pleasant sounding kind of like uh strings um which is is funny because laughing with the mouth of blood so we didn't really talk about this a lot but we, I mean, we, we built her up for like a, you know, a good 45 minutes about how great of a guitar player she is. And if you turn on this album and you make it all the way to laughing with a mouth of blood, you haven't really heard a ton right. of like standout guitar work yeah. at this point. And that's not to say that there isn't any guitar, right? but you haven't really heard much that you're like, you know. You told me that she was like Prince, you know, right. that's, that's not happening. Right, right, right. It's not happening up until this point. She's, she's composing a, a completely different type of album. Um, but laughing with the mouth of blood is cool because it does kick off with, like you said, acoustic guitar. She's, she's playing, uh, she's kind of doing like a finger picking style and right. I'm sure that's her. Oh, um, that's one of the things I really appreciate with her as a guitar player as well. When you watch her live, sometimes she's rocking out with a pick and just like, you know, hitting the, hitting that stuff hard. And then other times she is, she, she plays with her fingers and, and plays, uh, a lot different style and, and she's super versatile. Yeah. And so this song, uh, laughing with the mouth of blood does kick off with some like nice, you know, kind of acoustic, like a little riff there yeah. that, uh, kind of kind of brings it in which is which is really interesting yeah and there's a there's a there's a little guitar kind of like walking line over the over the chorus too that's like you know um they kind of like by walking line i kind of mean like the the first note of each uh chord in the chord progression, like is starting out like the lead she's playing. So like, you know, kind of like progresses and hits the note and then kind of progresses to the next note and then kind of progresses to the next note as she's singing the chorus too. And so that happens over the chorus and it's, it's a good, 
a, a really cool section too. Yeah. Um, I also like the lyrics a lot in this album or in this, uh, yeah. in this particular song. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean like, so th- this song to me kind of is like, feels like it's about someone who, who kind of like left, left their home and went off to kind of pursue something. And um, maybe from like somewhere from like, Oklahoma or Texas to say <laughs> yeah, right? New York. And 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 so they're kind of like they're kind of riding back home and pretending that everything is going great, but in reality it's like not working out and they don't really want to like they just don't want to admit it, you know, they don't want to admit mm-hmm. that things aren't going well and 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 kind of looking back at um I like looking back at like you know, the way that you would look back at uh, your high school days and stuff like that, like looking back at like a painful past and kind of reevaluating friendships and and just mm-hmm. that realization that you can't go home again. And not only can you not yeah. go home again, you probably don't you don't want to go home. Again. <laughs> like right. you wouldn't want to go home again anyways. But then there's also kind of that element of like the uncertainty of the future and the that kind of loneliness you know um yeah and i love like i love the line all of all of my friends aren't so friendly all of my old haunts are now haunting me i love that yeah i love that line but uh yeah that's a good track it's a good one it really is and and so then i mean the next (laughs) yeah I was gonna make a dead air joke, but you got you got in there before. Yeah, the next I mean the next track on the album is really great too. I, I like this one a lot as well. Yeah. Uh Maro. And uh this one is Marrow? Marrow. What did I say? Morrow? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's an Amaro. Marrow. <laughs> uh yeah. Um Marrow. Um I, I, yeah, I like this one. I like this 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 track a lot as well um this is one of the few songs on this album that when i listen to it i'm like prince yeah and this has got a little but, bit of that harder that kind of edgier sound to it as well yes um yeah when when uh when the chorus yeah, the kicks chorus. in it's like it's like bam it's yeah. like it's like funky and guitar driven and and uh, it's it's way off of a lot of the stuff that preceded it on this album. Yeah, it's got those it's got those kind of fuzzy, distorted guitar and and, and drum. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, kind of another song that kind of lulls you into a, like. Oh, absolutely. This, you know, false sense of security and safety, and then you know, kind of hits you with with uh, with some kind of harder, edgier sounds and. Um, I mean, the the verses has the verses have flute in them, and then it's like crazy funky, distorted guitar on the chorus. I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to lull somebody into a false sense of stability than playing <laughs> flute and then hitting them with guitar. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, this song is kind of like so. I mean, I, I read some stuff where this is like a direct homage to to Wizard of Oz. Um, mm. and just kind of like, you know, the idea of kind of seeking to find like that missing piece or repair that kind of broken part of yourself and to kind of, you know, become, 
to become and feel whole and, and normal. And, and, uh, I mean, there's a line, like, I wish, I wish I had a gentle mind and a spine made of iron and can you reach the spots that need oiling and fixing that kind of, I mean, that's a direct, you know, kind of, Mm. um, uh, reference to, you know, the tin man there. And, um, but yeah, there's, there's some interesting, you know, breakdowns and, and tonal shifts on this track that, uh, that is something that I think, yeah, she does, uh, I mean, she does that a lot on this album, but, uh, this is definitely one of the one of the tracks that does have a little bit of that kind of edgier sound to it. Something yeah. that she will definitely I was wrong. expand upon in, in future albums. I was wrong too. There's no I don't think there's any flute at the beginning. But Yeah, I, I think there's, there's some, some strings, cool, right? I mean Yeah, there's some cool, like kind of more ambient stuff happening at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um so, so you are you are you making the move? You're going to it. I can tell the way you're, <laughs> the way you're gearing up. What talking about the uh, last the last track in the album? No, not the last one. Well, you know what? It's interesting. So, um, the vinyl that I have for uh, for mm. this album is there is a slight change in in the order of the songs. Um. Okay. So the digital version, the it, the last song on the album is the sequel. Right. But on the vinyl, the sequel is actually placed after Black Rainbow on side A of the vinyl. Interesting. And the la- and then the last track on the song is is just the same but brand new, which is my absolute favorite track uh, yes. from the album. And a, I think yes. a great closer, and I like the way that they, for whatever reason, I think that's really weird, and I've never seen that before, where the order of the songs changes versus, you know, like digital versus the vinyl. Um, but I think the way that it's the way that the songs are, are ordered uh, on the vinyl, I, I prefer uh, much better. Um, and I disagree. Really. I do. You you like uh you like having the sequel after just the same but brand new? Yes. Really? And 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 I'll tell you why, but we'll have to circle back okay. to just the same but brand new. Cuz yeah, um, I feel like the just the same but brand new is just such a perfect closer and then you have the sequel and it's like eh, it's just kind of like it's like no, the the album is over. <laughs> I feel like the album should have ended with just the same, but brand new. And then you just kind of have this extra piece that is just kind of like, I don't know. I, I Here's, here's, here's why. Because just the same, but brand new is quite a bit different than the majority of the other tracks on the album. It's, it's far more hinting at what's to come in some of her later albums. Uh, it kind of, in a lot of ways, ditches uh, the the woodwinds and the strings and the the other things that are built up on a lot of the other songs. Yeah. Um, and and I feel like the sequel being placed last brings that back in a way that kind of then rounds out the album. Yeah, in a, I mean that makes to kind sense. of say. 
you know, here, you know, this is, this is really, it brings back that feel for a last, you know, minute and 50 seconds to kind of <laughs> yeah. just finish it off. It's not long. I've, if it was a three minute track, I would probably be closer to agree with you. Right. But being as short as it, as it is and, yeah, and being that it's, that. you know, super, super string and super woodwind heavy. Um, I feel like it's really just there as a way to kind of bring that tone back for just a moment before the the album ends yeah so that's why i like it yeah no i mean i can see is. that i mean that 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 makes sense and and that i i kind of felt like that's where you were gonna go with it uh when you were saying why you know you why you liked it me as the, why you liked having that as the kind of final track on the album to kind of tie kind of ties the album back together um like don't fiona apple me on this <laughs> No, I I am dead serious though. Like I both both times, like I'm not. I won't bullshit you. Both both times, <laughs> you can't bullshit me. Both times with the with the. Uh, I think it's just because we're so fucking you know simpatico. You know, we're so like on the same. Simpatico. We're on the same like wavelength so much of the time, and we've been friends f- for so goddamn long. But that yeah. I, I swear, like when you were talking about. When you were talking about that, I knew you were going to say Fiona Apple. And when you were talking about this, I knew you were going to say that's why you liked it as the final track. But if you don't want to believe me, okay, it's fine. You don't even need me on the podcast anymore. (laughs) Just do it yourself. (laughs) Uh, But um, just do your own goddamn Arnold impressions. (laughs) Uh, No, and that's not to take away from what you're bringing. It's just like, you know, we're we're just so often, you know, on the same on the same page and on you know on that on that kind of same. We wit- finish each other's sentences. Yes. Um, no. Well, no, finish each other's sandwiches. No soup. Yes. <laughs> hot hot soup. Hot soup. But um, for 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 what is a cocktail but cold alcoholic soup? Cold alcohol. Mm. Little alcoholic gazpacho. So yes. Um, so we got to talk about just the same, but brand new. Yes, because it's the best song on yes, the album. Yes, and that's the other thing. Like you know, I I asked you a few several days ago, and I was like, I was like, do you have any favorite tracks on the album? And and you said, ah, I, I I dig I dig just the same, but brand new. And I'm like, oh my god, like like seriously, of all the of all the tracks for you to say like that was your favorite when like I felt the same way and you know, and it's I, a, I didn't, it was a one in 11 shot. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, odds aren't great. The odds aren't great that if you like were to say, <laughs> if you were to pick, if you were to have two people say, what's your favorite track on this album? The odds are not great that they would say the same song. Um, especially, True. especially when it's not like it, I feel like it's probably not a song that like was the it's most not an A-side. What's it? Yeah. What's that? It's not an A-side. Yeah. It's, and so, yeah, I, I love this track. It's, um, it's something that she does something here. And, and I think she, she had some, some tracks on her first album as well that, that kind of had this kind of feel and vibe to it. And she does it with, you know, uh, other other tracks in, in future albums and i think i kind of mentioned that where like it's some it's a sometimes it's some of the slower uh more introspective yeah. kind of 
uh, songs that I really kind of dig. In my old age, like, I'm always looking for, like, I'm not looking for, I'm not always looking for, like, the big and bombastic and, and showy kind of right. stuff. Like, I, I like the stuff that, like, has a soul to it that 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 kind of sp- yeah. speaks to me on an emotional level and and that's what you know this track really does that it's yeah it's like you know just the paints picture yeah it paints picture and just like how you know how her vocals and how just the emotion that comes through in in her kind of performance um yeah it's 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 heartbreakingly it's be- I mean, it's beautiful you know yeah um yeah i love i love how it kind of starts and it's like we talked about this a little bit i think with maybe calm trues uh where with the the intro is kind of detuned where it's like it's playing um, yeah like, you know it's kind of playing a a, a melody uh some chords and a melody and then after a few bars it kind of just like takes those same things and and you know electronically or or uh or somehow detunes it in a way that it's like everything is the same but it's kind of like a half octave yeah, or yeah. Uh, or, a, or a few notes like tuned in a way that make it sound weird um and it's not it's not a key shift it's like a you know it's like a it's a uh it's a production thing that they do that uh physically transforms the the notes to to something different um and it's it adds a weird kind of ambiance yeah it's like off balance like it does kind of yeah have this subtle kind of like feeling of like something's not quite right something's off off you know and and i think um one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot lately and it's it's something again i think um I keep saying this this episode and and I guess I'll just say it explicitly. We're 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 probably going to end up doing pet sounds by the Beach Boys next week and which is a huge ambitious uh beast of an album to to talk about uh musically. Um but a lot of the things that I said we're going to talk about these sorts of things later uh you know have been with that in mind and and one of the things that she does on this song that makes me think of that sort of artistry and that sort of, uh, ambitious musical, uh, endeavor is that she really adds those sorts of, uh, the detuning in the, in the weird kind of, uh, melancholy vibe to the music, uh, that is there in direct, um, uh, in direct uh, relation to the lyrics. So the lyrics are very, uh, you know, uh, strange and cryptic and uneasy and the music and the, the, the artistic choices that are made with the composition lend themselves to enhancing that, enhancing the lyrics. And that when you start to, for me, Again, I'm thinking about this a lot more lately because of some of the artists we're listening to. But for me, when you get to that point where you're you're finding artists that are that are making conscious musical decisions uh, with their compositions in order to enhance uh, the mood or the the uh, lyrics that they're conveying, um, 
that's like a, I mean, that's where you start to get into these like just profound things. Yeah. And, and, and ne- it happens off and on on this album. And this is, this is like, this song is like spot on. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, you'll, you'll pick up on, I mean, I'm, I'm I've, I like to think I'm a, I'm a fairly perceptive person. Like I'm, I'm a detail oriented person. Um, but yeah, like you pick up on some, a lot of times you'll pick up on things like that, that just kind of go over my head and, and I might, I might feel them. I might, I might sense those kind of things, but I don't pick up on it and I can't. Well, and that's, that's, what's beautiful. I mean, I mean, to do it in such a subtle way. Yes. So, Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's, it's quite a bit more overt with her, with, with the song with her, where it's like, you know, the, the detuning where it's definitely, like you hear that whammy bar type sound where it's like, I I I definitely picked up in that kind of like wonky kind of, those sorts of things. Yeah. Those sorts of things are, are, are somewhat obvious, but she does other little subtle things in this song that, that kind of enhance that there are other, I mean, you get into certain compositional things where it's like you, you choose one chord over another, or you choose this chord progression over this chord progression, um, in a way that like, you know, because, because doing it this way makes it sound a little more ominous than doing it this way. Um, and, and, and you start to get into some crazy, you know, uh, things that like, you know, you really have to understand music theory to pick up on. And, and she does a lot of that sort of stuff. And I, and I don't even, I certainly don't pick up on it, but this song has some of the more overt things that I can easily say. Yeah. She's, she's doing intentional things to, to kind of accentuate that, the lyrics. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons I love this song is cause it's just, it's so, it's so everything is so cohesive and so kind of in some ways off putting, um, both lyrically and, uh, you know, musically. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, uh, I certainly can't add anything of, of real value to that, to that analysis. Um, other than just goddamn right. You can't, (laughs) uh, you, you just too good. Um, that's not even true, but, (laughs) But I, I appreciate it. But no, but I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I th- this like you went into a really interesting, in-depth kind of analysis of like, um, you know, uh, breaking it down and, and kind of looking at it, you know, almost not. I wouldn't say microscopically, but like to me, like to me, it's it's all about like that the the feel and and the emotion and, and mm-hmm. the takeaway from it and and just like mm. the, there's just something about the song that is just beautiful and haunting and and kind of heartbreaking and um and, and yeah i don't know i did the, the lyrics the, you know the lyrics and 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 just kind of like and i just love that idea of like so like I mean, to me, like I look at this song about and and whether this is the right interpretation or not, or if you can say, is there really a right interpretation to any kind of song? It's what you kind of get from it, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, to me, this this song is kind of like about, you know, finding a, a you know, 
finding a romantic relationship that kind of excites you and and the anticipation of that and the kind of that that kind of euphoric feeling you get from it and um but then also it's like then you're like analyzing every text or email from that person and looking for that confirmation that they feel the same way and then and then kind of getting kind of getting ghosted in a way you know and like there's there's a line that says and and anything you wrote i checked for codes and clues the letters stopped unceremoniously in june and then and then the the kind of like trying to trying to not feel rejected or dejected and 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 hurt by that but also maybe trying to kind of reinvent yourself to to better suit this this person that you are are kind of infatuated with or whatever yeah and the, the i love that the the last lines of the last several lines of the album where it's like and i do my best impression of weightlessness now too and I might be wrong, I might be wrong, I might be wrong, but honey, I believed I could float away, dangling. I'm just the same, but brand new to you. And I just, yeah, I, there's just, there, I don't know, there's just like something very poetic and, and, and beautiful about that, but also kind of like sad. <laughs> and I yeah. don't know, it's it's a common, it's a, a combination of a lot of different kind of feelings and emotions and 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 just the way and and so then you know like it it kind of has this like because she does this kind of like and i like how she how she delivers like the the vocals she's like she does this and i and i and i walked away you know she does that kind of like Mm -hmm. you know felt just the same but brain, you know, kind of like she does that through, you know, in, in terms of the vocal delivery. Um, and then it kind of like, there's a point in the song toward the end where like the fucking, like the drums kick in and it's just like, it like, you know, kind of picks up a little bit and it does that kind of same thing where it's like, it kind of has this, uh, it kind of lulls you into this kind of like, kind of quieter sound and then it kind of kicks things up and and, yeah. and brings in these kind of edgier kind of sounds and you know, drums and guitars and things like that and um but yeah i i i don't know it, it's it's and it's one of those songs where like i didn't i didn't realize how much i liked this song until and i because i've listened to this album many times and i didn't realize how much i liked this song until I I started re-listening to it again over the past week, and it was just like mm-hmm. I I just kind of I either I had not appreciated it before, or I had forgotten how much I liked it because upon re-listening to it, I was just like, holy shit! Like it just it really it just really had a big impact on me, and I was like, oh my god, I fucking love this song, and it's like such a great closer. Uh, well, yeah. well, whether you're listening to the vinyl or not. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it, going back to what I said earlier. It's one of those songs where it's just constantly building. It's building and building and building and building and building. And then, like you said, at one point, it just like hits. Yeah. And it kind of just is a huge release. Yeah. 
and um you know all through this weird unease and ambience and and kind of uh strange turns and then and then it hits and it's just uh yeah it 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 pays off in, in spades um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful song yeah well i think that that pretty much wraps up uh actor Rabs wraps up. it up wraps up actor wraps up uh saint vincent um saint vincent <laughs> uh, i'm excited to hear her you know her new album in full at this point me too at this point when it you know when when this episode is out it, it you know daddy's home will will be out uh as well and uh so i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that um but what what are we gonna so i you already kind of talked a little bit about that but yeah what are we gonna talk about next week Next week, we are going to talk about maybe our most beastly <laughs> endeavor yet as far as music goes. Besides the uh, ridiculous uh, two and a half hours uh, talking about Pink Floyd. <laughs> right. And uh, besides the three hours we talked about all of Pink Floyd's catalog <laughs> and the three hours we talked about the Teen Wolf oh soundtrack. <laughs> just, um, put Teen Wolf, the, just put the Teen Wolf soundtrack right next to... Pink Floyd's entire catalog and pet sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked and we talked about them all the same way. Oh, um, shit. So yeah, next week we're going to talk about uh the Beach Boys or maybe I should say the Brian Wilson opus Pet Sounds, um which is one of if not maybe my favorite album of all time. Um, it's crazy. Arguably uh, one of the most influential American rock albums of all time. Um, one of one of maybe the most popular, uh, at this point anyway, uh, famous uh, albums of all time. Um, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of reasons that it is as renowned and as talked about as it is, um, I have a lot to learn. And then we've got all we we've got all kinds of. Uh, I mean, if you don't know anything about, if, if all you know from the Beach Boys is is surfing USA, <laughs> um, and you don't know about Brian Wilson and his and his past and and uh, kind of how the Beach Boys came to be and um, and uh, you know the life that he led uh, after fame. Um, there's a lot to talk about and it's, it's all incredibly interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll try and do it pretty quickly. It shouldn't, it ah. really shouldn't take three hours, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, man. I've got, I, bah. I've got, I've got a lot to learn. I've got a lot to, to read up, but you're, uh, I mean, as much as I, as much as I'm going to, you know, kind of dive in and, and, and try to learn as much as I can, you're you're definitely going to be leading leading the way on this one. You're going to be schooling yeah. me for sure. Um, yeah, but I'm I mean I'm excited we'll t- because we'll- um, so along with a, a a very classic album, I'm going to be talking about one of the most classic drinks, one of the most classic mm. cocktails of all time, which is the old fashioned, and I'm going to do. Uh, fun, a fun little riff on an old fashioned, and I can't believe it's taken this long to do. Yeah, almost twenty episodes. Oh, in. Jesus Christ! I mean, I think the first, I think the first episode we did, 
I did kind of like a variation in an old fashioned, but I haven't done yeah. anything like that since. And so it's yeah. it's it's cool to uh to to come back to that and, and I think it's very fitting with the album and I think it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. I mean, in if you're if you're if you're gun shy about about next week, I'll just say, um, you know, it took me, you know, fifteen years of playing guitar and and fifteen twenty years of being a serious music person before I fully understood and grasped and uh, and really appreciated uh, the Beach Boys and Pet Sounds. So. Um, if you're, if you're curious and if you haven't, if you don't know much about them and all you, again, all you know about them is the surf songs, you got to come here. You got to, you got to come and, and listen to the, to the, to the old fashioned and listen to the pet sounds and listen to me and Luke talk about it because it's, there's a lot, a lot to talk about and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, uh, I hope, uh, I hope you guys will, uh, will, will join us next week and, uh, and and dive into that so thanks for listening and uh we'll see you soon thank you for listening to sip and spin with luke and andy cheers <laughs>